So you guys know that I love a good book. So I have curated my own book collection by Jameer Smith on Amazon. So make sure you check it out at www.amazon.com backslash shop backslash Jameer underscore Smith. And check out some of these amazing books that I chose. (laughs) Happy reading. Tanita. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you so much for just taking this opportunity to be a part of our show. Um, And how are you? I am great, um, actually. And I just I want to thank you for the opportunity um, for asking me to be on the show. Um, I I'm humbled. I'm grateful. So thank you so much. Well, and just FYI, these are a lot of the things a lot of you guys don't know. You're already being recorded. We're already live, mama. This is how we do. <laughs> from, from the hello, okay. From the hello. Listen, everybody, how are you? Welcome back to the Jameer Smith Show podcast. And I'm super excited about today because we have somebody that is really doing some big things, a huge creative, an author, a creative, someone that's just writes some beautiful stories for the LGBTQIA plus community and other diverse and non-traditional families. The amazing and the beautiful Tunita James, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amazing and beautiful. I mean, I love those words. Listen, I like to give some really strong adjectives whenever I'm talking to my guests. That's how we do over here, man. It might be my new love language. I mean, it's usually acts of service, but okay. Listen, you always got to give a compliment here and there. You do, because you got you to gotta make sure that people's self-esteem and their minds and everything is still, still got a little bit of juice behind it, so... Happy, up. <laughs> happy July. Um, really happy August. Happy end of the year. At this point, I'm saying Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs> How are you? How has this year been for you so far? Wow. So um, this year has been a revelation, actually. Um, I went into this year with, you know, just one small goal. And that small goal was to get the book in the hands of families that needed it. And it wasn't a monetary goal. It wasn't um, a spiritual goal. It was just that we have been attacked from so many angles and we constantly are attacked from so many angles. And even when you look at our children and, and the way they grow up and, and when I say our children, I don't mean children of LG, just, you know, from LGBTQ families. I mean, LGBTQ kids. These are our children. Our community is so different and Mm -hmm. I love our community because we embrace so many aspects of it. So these babies are our babies. So, um, they're under attack they're under attack for their identity they're under attack for how you know they love and 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 the same as me but you know i'm an adult and and i've been here i've been around the block a few times um and i'm a marginalized 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 (laughs) you know what i'm saying i mean i don't know how much you know you can dissect me into an atom but this year that that was the goal um the goal was just to get the book in the hands of the families that needed in the hands of the of the people that needed it and it started with creating change Um, And then it just grew Um, about April. It grew into a a mini book tour and I just started to book dates at at, at different places. And that's where actually I met you at one of those places. Yeah. Listen, Um, y'all, Tanita was out in these streets, man. She was uh, she was traveling. Look, And you know know what? That's really necessary. Right. Because I'm self-published. So. 
you know, how to, it, the question was, how do you get it into the, the hands of the people that need it? And you've got to go to the places yep. that they're at or the places that their friends are at or the places that their advocates are at. And so that is that's what I did. And event after event after event, um, the interests, the the intrigue, the love that was shown um, was incredible. Um, the last event that I went to was in Richmond. And it was um, Black Pride in Richmond. And they sold out my entire stock. I'm self-published, you know, I only buy X because, you know, I just want to see what the response is going to be and how we're going to do and things of that nature. But from, from when I started the tour in May to when I ended it, you know, just two weeks ago and stuff like that. I mean, the inventory has been gone. I've met incredible people, adults by the book (laughs) and they don't have kids, teenagers by the books. Um, and just, just like I said, two weeks ago, um, a young man came to me and, and I saw him right creeping around, you know, the table. He he was looking at the books, and I was I was thinking he wanted the stickers, you know. I was thinking <laughs> he wanted, you know, all the shiny giveaways and stuff. And he came to me, and he was like, "Is that a book?" And I said, "Yeah, it's a book." And he was like, "Well, I can read." Uh-oh. And I was like, "Well, wonderful, you know, that you can read." And he sat there. And even in the midst of the noise and things of that nature, and he read the book to me. Wow. I have never felt anything more special in my life. From and I have a, I have a, I have a daughter, and I don't want to you know belittle that. I mean, I went to the birth <laughs> and all that other stuff. So please, 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 like don't like mix words. But because it's something that I created, because it was something from my heart, um, to hear him read the words, understand the words. Um, and then at the end, you know, I didn't ask, but um, his aunt had asked, you know, what did you think about the book? And he said, this book is awesome. Wow. Uh, there is no greater feeling than the chi- a, a child understanding the book, mm-hmm. reading the book, yep. and feeling that feeling about the book. I mean, I've I've had just overwhelming, just these overwhelming stories. And I just, you know, those things, those are the things that our community needs. Our community needs, you know, the positivity and the love and the feeling that we matter. And I don't, I can't tell you whether he is a part of the community or not. I, I believe his aunt was a part of the community, is a part of our community. But the fact that he could read a book, yeah, or this type of book and come away with that. I mean, I, I can't say anything, but, you know, I'm humbled and I, and I'm blessed, and it, it's a fantastic journey, and I I, I, w- I would like to continue that journey. Well, this is the thing, right? I think you you hit a lot of nuggets, and I call life that we go through big nuggets that I think that we can take over and that are really, really important. And when I think about a big nugget is when I met you in Washington, D.C., during D.C. Black Gay Pride this year, 2023, And funny enough, I was hosting and moderating an event that we talked about here on the show that had immediately sold out that I was like, wait, what's happening? I'm flying from L.A. What are we doing? Is it going to happen? Is it going to sell out? Whatever. But then the other piece is this. I said, I got to meet someone, a lot of creatives. You primarily just stood out. You stood out because you were someone that I could tell was super, super driven You were passionate about your project. But in addition to you were just a creative that really, really wanted to just tell a story and not just this story. So I have to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
I, like I said, I'm humble. That's, that's, that's incredible. I, I don't, I, you never know when you meet somebody and when you just speak to somebody, how they're receiving you. So, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So we're going to get into the book. We're going to get into Ma, Ma. <laughs> Where's my mommy? We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. But I think the biggest thing before we start getting into people's projects um, and that our listeners really, really love is we want to get to know who you are. Who is the author? Who's the creative? Who is this mommy behind all of the beautiful words, all of the illustration, everything? Where'd you grow up? So um, I, Tanita James is my pen name. And um, I like it that way because um, my wife is um, super, super, super um, active in the community. And, you know, we've been together for about 16, 17 years. Wow. That gets kind of taxing um, just when everybody knows you and things of that nature. So I am under a pen name because um, I like the separation and things of that nature. But I am a small town girl from Corpus Christi, Texas. All right. Um, Yes, from Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, uh, I grew up in a small, small town. Uh, just like it's it's a it's attached to Corpus Christi, um, so it's called Flower Bluff. Um, and we're right there. I'm a water baby. Um, I love the water. Uh, and um, I went to school at Howard, and that's where I went. My H U. Okay. Hey, let me tell you, I didn't even know Howard existed until. Um, I met a wonderful person who went to my church and told me about HBCUs. Um, I didn't even know, you know, those types of school existed, even though there were some in my backyard. Wow. I still didn't know those types of schools existed until somebody told me they existed and then gave me a list. And um, I went to visit Howard and I fell in love. Mm -hmm. Um, The Mecca changes you. I grew up, I became an adult. I became a person at the Mecca. Um, I believe that because my, my, my my circle was so small in Corpus. Um, everybody knew, like my parents grew up there. So yeah. it was like, you're this person's child. You're that person's child. And your identity kind of gets stifled in there. And then, you know, the fact that, you know, I was coming into my own, figuring out, you know, who I was and what I liked and what I was attracted to, it also got more <laughs> stifled um, and, more, and more, you know, I, I don't want to use the word traumatic because I think that's a, that's a trigger word, yeah. but I want to, I, I want to use the word suffocating um, to mm. where, you know, you just kind of don't, you shrink into the person that other people believe you are and you put yourself in this box. But when I came to Washington, DC, mm. I, my, my, my possibilities, my opportunities, my all of me's opened up, you know, um, and I got to see a community that I wanted to be a part of. And I got to be a part of all of these things that were truly, truly, truly encompassing of who I am and who I was to become. And then I, my junior year, I meet this um, wonderful, uh, <laughs> wonderful <laughs> girl at the time. Um, and that grew into um, wife and and that and then that grew into motherhood, but but very 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 far down the line. Um, and being a ma is the greatest thing mm. that I have ever done. And I did not carry uh, my child; my wife did. So um, shout out to all of the people who do that because yeah. 
that is probably the scariest thing that I've ever had to navigate in my life. And I wasn't the one pushing the baby out. I was the, one, I, was the I was the support. Okay. I was, and I was, and I was told I was a very good birth coach and very good support. So, you know, pat, pat me on the back, Come but, on. you know, now, now that she's here, my world about the things that I need and I want and how I want to see this world, it doesn't really matter. Um, but it matters to me about her. So this book actually came into existence because the pandemic happened and it affected us all in different ways. And for us, it affected us, you know, really, really, you know, we're, we live in a very, um, expensive, uh, city. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic happened, you know, jobs are being lost, you know, uh, uh, funds are being cut, you know, you're, you're, your salary was one thing one month and then here comes a 20% difference, you know, this month and things of that nature and nothing else is changing. Everything is going up. I mean, food was crazy, ridiculous and things of that nature. So, you know, when people were slowly going back to daycare, she, we couldn't afford it. Mm, um, I'm, okay. I'm just going to be honest, you know, I mean, this is, this is what it was. We couldn't afford it. And so our lives had to drastically change. Um, so, uh, she was, she was home. And so I'm now home with her and I have to teach her. Uh, yeah. um, I'm no teacher. I mean, I do have, I have two degrees, but I, I'm not a teacher. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you have to have the patience of my goodness. Shout um, out to the teachers, man. We've had a couple of teachers on the show. Shout out to teachers. Oof. I mean, and the fact that your salaries don't resemble doctors and lawyers exactly. salaries are ridiculous. And I will go, I will be the first person to put that out there because if you have the patience to teach my child how to write in uppercase and lowercase, <laughs> you, <laughs> You have my utmost. <laughs> Wait, are the kids are the kids still doing? Look, as I sound old, starting that off, are the kids still doing cursive writing? Remember, I'm old school where you had to have like the line paper and you had to do the little. And, and see, I'm old school as well that way. Um, I can I cannot tell you. I will know. I will tell you this. My she's going into kindergarten now. Okay. And um, the biggest thing was I taught her how to how to write in all uppercase. I mean, I, I thought lowercase came way later. And <laughs> when she was in pre-K, they gave me this assessment saying, oh, she doesn't know how to write her letters in lowercase. And I was like, but she knows how to write her name, but she knows her name. Like, like I can't, all these things. I can't, like, I can't. No, you, you write in uppercase and lowercase. So I clearly was a bad teacher. Um, <laughs> no, clearly. listen, no, you were, you were the best teacher, you and your wife. You guys are amazing. Please stop it. it. Stop it. No, I mean, you know, we, we did the best we could. Yeah. So when it came time to reading, we must have read all her books that we had in um, her library. And so one day, and I didn't even realize she was just this smart. One day she says, where am I? Where is our family? You know what? Mm. I believe I can fly. Okay. I can be a doctor. Yeah. Be a lawyer, yeah. you know, and she didn't say it in those words, but it's really the essence of the conversation. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at her like, what are you asking me? And she's like, where's, where's mommy? Where's ma? Where's, where's Ari? You know, where, where, where are we? And I was just like, mm, okay. We're, we're having this so conversation. We, okay. Hey, hey, so I Amazon books and, you know, we already have, we already own Heather has two mommies and we are, we already own, you know, mommy, ma and me, you know, we own Calvin. And, and so there's not a lot. No, you know, there's no. just, it's just not a lot. And, and when I say not a lot, I mean, we can pick up any book. We can throw a rock and pick up any book. And it's the essence of a childhood, right? Oh, bad manners. 
oh, you know how to make friends, oh, all this stuff. But you don't see our kids in that, right? You don't see the conversation uh, that our kids have. So this book really came about because it's actually a true story based off our life um, with, you know, my, my wife being such a, such a superstar in her um, realm and in her job. And she did take, um, you know, my daughter to work with her and um, shout out to any job that understands that mothers can work and have their children and yeah. juggle and do the things. I mean, because it's That's super hard. So hard. And yeah. Honestly, jobs that I mean, I have to shout out, you know, I don't I, this particular organization, if you know, you know, um, because I just don't want to name drop. But the way that they nurtured, you know, the needs of her as a parent um and and they all embraced her like it was like you know when she had to go speak somebody had the baby and things of that nature and meanwhile i'm at home horrified i'm going back back and forth to work yeah. like who lost my baby right you know? right yeah what is happening you know but you know again i i have to i have to be supportive and things of that nature and it worked out beautifully um you know until she got you know too big to go and then the pandemic happened and then you know it, it transferred to me and so that's the essence of our story and but I, I needed that story to be told and I needed that to be the flagship of what I do. And I didn't even know that I was going to continue to write until I was through. Um, I had wrote this two years ago. I was through with, you know, my where's mommy. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll do this. And then it's one day I just wrote another one. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, and it, it, was, it really spurred from a conversation that my my kid was having with other kids. I got a it, question. What it was? It's organic. It's organic. It, it spurred from their conversations. It, it spurred from the fact that you know we as parents, of course, we accompany them to their play dates. But I don't control the conversation. I'd rather you play with the kids, and mm -hmm. you know, as long as I don't hear a, a scream, a crash, an out. You're like, look, I'm yeah, good. I'm, I'm good. So I'm good. good. I'm going to sit right here in this corner and let you play. You know. But so, wait. So when you think about all of this, right? You've literally given an entire beautiful snapshot of your daughter. And I think that she really is looking at her parents like, wow, they are creating a lifestyle for me of one figuring it out. I think that kids are so smart now. They see things in a total different lens than what we did when we were kids. And I think that there's sometimes there are moments that children sometimes grow up faster now than what happened whenever we were younger. And, and of course, situations are different for everybody. But if you think about whenever you were a child, you specifically, describe a perfect day for you. What would have been a perfect day? What would have been or what? Or what, what was? So I valued the time at my grandmother's house or my grandmother's and my grandfather's house. And so... So my mom, uh, on my mom's side, is just my grandmother. And on my dad's side, it's my grandmother and my grandfather's. Being with my cousins was everything. Mm. Um, you know, it's because I'm, I, at the time, I was an only child. I was, I was an only child for a very long time. Um, so being with my cousins was everything. Even the fights that we had, I mean. <laughs> it was all necessary. Was, yeah, yeah, it was all everything because, you know, like, that's where, like, you know, we played Destiny's Child, and you know, we, we, we we watched one of one of one, one of six, six apart. apart and, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> we watched MTV. Like, um, Young and the Restless was uh, a staple in the house. You know, when we went to my 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 grandmother's house with my grandfather, I mean, there was always cake. 
always cake in the cake pan. Always. Oof, always. I miss that. Oh, wow. She, she always fed us, okay? Um, you know, we we it was just, life was everything yeah. um, when you were with your cousin because it was just all love. It was all, it was the simplest mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. It was the simplest way to be. And, and, and the crazy thing about it is, you know, I come from a time where you could go, um, you know, to to you could go to the corner store and you can get the little um, Kool-Aids in, in the styrofoam cups for about 25, 50 cents. And you ate those. You can go get a get big pickle, you know, and you ate those. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and you know, um, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm probably really, really like putting myself in a corner here. But, you know, we put the pickle in and we put the big candy cane in the middle. And that was that was a delicacy. You know what I'm saying? And I have no I, mean, I have no comment right now. Nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Taste must be no funny, comment but... <laughs> on my end. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yes, no. I mean, it, those days, um, those days, going to the rec center and, and dancing and having dances at the rec center. Those days, um, the simplest days, uh, probably those days were the perfect days where you know you could just. I mean, with your cousins, you are absolutely who you are. Yeah, like, I, it's it's not the same with your siblings or whatever because they live with you all the time and stuff. But with your cousins, it's like, man, you know, um, you know, especially you. if y'all are really really close. So that 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 would probably be my perfect days. I typically give this um, example, and I remember I was on an interview and someone asked me um, about the show and why I created the show. And I was like, oh, because, you know, I want to give a platform for creatives to uh, tell their story. And, and I think creatives are all super dope and amazing. And they said, did you always want to do this? And I always think about this question whenever I ask people, when you were a child, what did you want to do when you grew up? Because for me, it was, oh my gosh, I thought about Khadijah James. You don't even have to say Queen Latifah. <laughs> Khadijah James. And I, cre- <laughs> and I created my own entertainment magazine, cutting out pictures of like Write On and Word Up and Vibe magazine. And I knew that I wanted to be some type of interviewer, something. What did you want to be whenever you were a child? Oh, so many things. When you grew up. I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, uh, yeah, probably those things. Basketball player and a lawyer. Love yep. <laughs> She's like, boom, just like that. I mean, because, I mean, when the WNBA first happened and I, I because I lived in Corpus, um, you know, Houston wasn't far from us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swoops, Tina Thompson, um, Kim Parrott, you know, those, them shooting off Oof. five you know, those championships. I mean, my goodness, right? I've, I've never seen basketball played that way um, and stuff like, and I loved it. You know, I, I owned a pair of the Coopers. Um, I was, you want to talk about fangirl, like, and, and, I'm, and, and, you know, shout out to the WNBA, but I am one of those displaced fans that, you know, because the comments don't exist anymore, then I went to the Silver Stars, Silver Stars <laughs> moved to Vegas, you know, but now that I live here, you know, I'm a Washington Mystics fan. I am a diehard season ticket holder, even though this year um, I had to let them go because of my endeavors. And I have I've only been able to go to one game um, because of my schedule. But I am definitely um, a Shakira Austin fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 
shout out to all these ladies that are playing this incredible ball, that are doing these things that my daughter can see. I mean, my daughter loves packs um, and things of that, and she loves going to the games. Um, and that, but yes, I knew I knew I was going to be a basketball player. Unfortunately, my height stopped. <laughs> I was going to say because I don't remember you being super tall. But listen, no, Muggsy no, Bowles no. wasn't tall either, so it is what it is. Do your thing. <laughs> My height stopped, and um, I just really didn't have, um, how do I say it, uh, the coaching or the the you can do this, you know, type of thing yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, so I let that go and just pursued academics, graduated with honors type situation and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, that's where the lawyer thing came in. But, um, you know, then I went to Howard and completely lost all of that. <laughs> <laughs> all of that the truth of the matter is is that what i'm doing now is something that i didn't go to school for um you know um and it it i'm told it happens like it that. manifests that way it does, I, I'm it, told does. It, it happens that way i will tell you though the this is that i'm doing now feels right um everything else i was just doing because you know i had degrees and i'm smart and yeah. i can do those things and that was really you know my my essence of i don't care i'm gonna do something and i'll put some money in retire and you know and i'll go about my life and as long as i can watch football during football season i'm good to go um it's really <laughs> i'm i was really that simple seriously i'm still that simple like i'm mm-hmm. like how can how can i watch as many and i will not say my team's name because there's a lot of craziness when i do so i've been how can i watch um, you know, as many of those games as I can. And that's how simple I am. But this has completely taken over. Um, I've changed my life. Um, I've changed my career. Um, and I've never felt what I feel, um, even though, you know, when you're starting out, it trust me, I'm not making a lot of money. Like, we're not, no. we're not falling by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it feels good. It feels right. It feels like this that I'm doing is more impactful than anything that I've ever done prior to this. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how, that's, that's what makes me keep going. I am so glad you said that one piece about when you decided to really create and, and, and birth, I mean, cause this was the second birth of yours, a birth of this new career you're not making a lot of money at the beginning. You have to put the work in. You got to align yourself with the right people, with your vision, the vision that you prayed for, the vision that you know that you have to achieve. And I'm so glad you said that because so many people, creatives that listen to our show, people that are like, I'm looking for overnight success. I'm looking for the less work, but the more money. It doesn't happen that way for everyone. And not for anybody that wants to sustain and to be here for a long time. We want to get into some book questions, but guess what? Not your book yet, Mm-mm. because we know we we know you're gonna talk about your book, and we want you to do that. But what we want to know, we want to know the passion behind it. We know your daughter was the passion, your wife is the passion, your life growing up with your cousins and everything you've done in this world is is literally being story told throughout the pages in this beautiful books that you're creating. Does writing energize or exhaust you? Oh, it invigorates me. Um, it's the writing is 
you know, it's funny. My wife was like, I have been trying to sit down and write a book for forever. And yet you, for some reason, just <laughs> threw them out. Like, and it's because it's necessary and it invigorates me. And the thing about it is, is that when you're building something, you have to constantly be producing. Um, so, Ooh. you know, you said something, you said something, it, you know, where people were like, they want less work and more money. How does that work? How does exactly? that work? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, I don't think that correlates, you know, um, because it's just definitely, I've definitely never worked harder than I have working for myself. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, you, you only get thanked and you only know that it's gratifying and satisfying when you see other people liking your work. Yep. Other than that, like you're going to love everything you produce, but everybody else might not like that, you know? So, I mean, it's definitely more work, but it invigorates me. I love it when I can create a story. Not only does the story make sense, not only is it in the language of the you know age group that I'm trying to, to reach, but it's relevant and it's purposeful and you know it's it's on target and and that is where it's at i don't i think i believe that as i continue to produce stories i'm not belittling a child i do not so someone when i had a focus group and someone was like you know like i use the word iconic and um they they were like you know we believe you know the word iconic is probably you know too too advanced for you know, these children. And I'm like, mm. I, I, I disagree. You know, I disagree because the more vocabulary we speak in our homes Oof. to our children, um, the more they know. Uh, I'm sorry, but Sesame Street, PBS, you know, all the, you know, we had Reading Rainbow. Yeah, so we did. We yep. were, we were very uh, uh, in tune to our vocabulary. Absolutely. So we, you know, our, our children are, are, are learning by, many many avenues many mediums and in order for us to be able to reach them we have to use you know these words that you know they're going to come across in things and we don't want them to come across them you know at first glance or at first hearing it from a different avenue Absolutely. you know so when i when i use the word iconic black woman you know I, I black women i'm describing you know these they're not just regular black women and, and don't get me wrong you know what i'm saying black women in themselves have carried so much weight but when I, when we say when you use the word iconic, that I means these women have done some yes. things and they have iconic status. And in order for you to read that and know that and that word impacts you, you know, that's a word that you take with you. So, you know, I I use these words and I use them, you know, with this age group and things of that nature because I believe it's necessary. It's necessary that, you know, we expand their vocabulary. It's necessary that we use words that don't belittle our children because our children get it okay mm. they, they get it and they get it quicker than we probably get it you know like sometimes my my kid has to explain some things to me because i and i go huh like <laughs> oh okay <laughs> you know because they get it they do you know and 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 sometimes i feel like you know help me parent you like, mm. I have to meet you where you're at, sweetheart. You uh, meeting me where I'm at, baby. Um, you need to be in a corner and you need to be quiet. And yeah. you know, but but I have to meet you where you're at because that's how I can parent you best. So you know, that's where these books, you know, the, a lot of the language and a lot of the things that are happening, um, you know, as these stories are going to be told, you know, that's the lens that they're going to be told from. 
What I loved about what you just said is um, something that I use on a daily basis, even whenever I move to L.A. And, you know, when you're getting to know new teams and, and you're coaching and you're training and all of the above, I like to turn the entire lens around and say, how do you want to be managed? Because every single person is going to be totally different on how they want to be coached, talked to, treated. And I think same as your own children, relationships. How do you create the communication? How do you leave that communication out for people to understand that I am here to support you? I'm here to talk to you as a grown up. But in addition to our, our kids, they have a computer every single day that they're looking at. That's their cell phones. So that means that they have all of the knowledge directly in front of them. Why should they not be able to receive that knowledge from their parents? I think that we're missing some of what's happening in our children's lives. So I learned really, really early that, you know, Daniel Tiger is a bad influence on my child because he taught my child to feel her feelings at a very early age Mm -hmm. and taught my child that it was okay to feel said feelings. Now, I'm of a school (laughs) where... (laughs) Where you what feelings? You don't have feelings unless I give you those feelings, <laughs> or I will give you a feeling to feel about. Do that part, exactly. Saying? Don't sit down. I'm gonna give you a feeling to feel about. That part. But my first and and biggest like parent moment that I I realized I had to do things differently was you know Daniel Ch- Tiger and and how she was responding to Daniel Tiger feeling his feelings and how she then, you know, knew it was okay to feel her feelings, but I didn't know it was okay for her to feel her feelings, (laughs) you know? Like, what is happening right now, you know? And I think from that point, I realized that, you know, we have to, we're going to do something different because she's not me. And I can't raise her like she's me um, because she is definitely going to be different um, from me. So I have to be different, but Again, I'm a first-time parent. This is my first time at it. This is my first time crack at it. And that goes for every year that she turns, every day. You know, um, yeah. I'm still, every day I wake up a first-time parent. So with that, I'm still growing and I'm still learning. And we learn and we grow together. And I'm not by no means saying that, you know, she runs amok and, you know, all these other things and stuff like that. No, she's very manable. She's very polite and things of that nature. But there are some things where I have to sit with them. Like yeah. I have to yeah. sit before I garner a punishment. I have to sit because is it really right? Is it really wrong? Like, for instance, um, sharing. She's an only child, so I do not mandate sharing. I think that that's such a crazy thing to mandate sharing. I think sharing should be organic. It should be your choice hmm. whether you decide to share or not. Because if you're sharing, to me, it's disingenuous if you're just sharing because somebody told, told you, you to. Told you to, yeah. Okay, somebody told you to share and you have to do it because an adult told you that's crap to me. And I think that feelings that our our kids feel should be, you know, genuinely organic. And so I do not mandate that my child shares. Here's the caveat. If somebody doesn't want to share with you, don't get an attitude. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Absolutely. It goes both ways. Somebody doesn't have to share with you just like you don't have to share with somebody else. Likewise, if you share with that person and they still don't want to share with you, 
you that's have to still look okay. That decision. Yeah. And it's still okay. And those are the lessons that we need to to teach instead of, oh, no, 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 you have to, you know, because that's just lazy. I mean, <laughs> I trust me, when I was coming up and I had to share with my cousins and I didn't necessarily want to share with them, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to leave. Like, you know, I mean, because it's just not something that you want to do. And then you make friends when you least expect it because you are being organic and your feelings are being able to show and stuff like that. And so, you know, those are the things that, you know, I kind of, you know, switch up like, nah, if she doesn't want to share it, she doesn't have to. And trust me, the teachers let me know, oh, she has a problem with sharing. And I start laughing. You're like, oh, so how did publishing your first book change your process of writing? Oh, I, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, um, shout out to my illustrator, um, Olamide Ojo, um, he, he did everything. Um, so first of all, when you're in business with somebody, please, 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 please hire someone that you can just definitely be honest with. I Mm -hmm. definitely told him my weaknesses. I definitely told him what I was not good at and things of that nature. And he definitely covered that up and it was very, very smooth. And, um, the illustrations in this, I mean, people are really, really flocked to the illustrations. So I have nothing but great things to say. He has changed my life and I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, he, he did it. Um, and so basically I would love to say it was seamless. Um, I copy wrote, um, my worst mommy. And then there were some publishing companies that re- reached out to me, you know, based off the copyright. And I spoke to them and I couldn't figure out what they could do for me that I didn't already do for myself. Mm. And then when they were, you know, giving me a price point um, and, you know, so the difference was marketing, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to play funny, but I have been, <laughs> I, I have been a hustler all my life. Listen, you know say that like, again. Come on. We, we, we do not all come from means. Um, we do go. not all. Like some of us had to cut grass for Nikes. Some of us had to, you know, uh, sell calendars for, you know, their mm-hmm. next meal at Howard mm-hmm. University. Like some of us had to use their car to take people to the airport before there was Super Shuttle, before there was Uber. Okay. So like some, some things, you know, um, uh, come natural. So when it was like, oh, we can market to this and we can market to that. I said, well, I could probably do that if I learned that, you know what I'm saying? There you go. So, there you go. so the publishing process actually wasn't that daunting when I realized that they couldn't do for me more for me than I could do, that for, you myself. Could do for yourself. Than I could do for myself. It was just that I needed to be able to be okay with that process. Um, because there's no middleman doing that process for me. I have to do that process. And so I think that that's the biggest hurdle for me is, you know, how do I still navigate that process when I'm not very well versed in social media? I'm not very, you know, um, I just created, you know, my social media account just because, you know, um, of the books and stuff like that, you know, um, I just created the website, you know, and when I say just, I meant like, you know, when the book was published. Right, um, right, right. Um, so those are the things, you know, it's, it's, it's daunting, but if you are uh, motivated by yourself, if you know where your help comes from, right, if you are a person of a particular faith, and I, I'm not here to speak about, you know, what faith, but, you know, whatever you believe in and things of that nature, and you believe in yourself amongst, you know, everything else. I mean, I think that you could do anything. Um, at least that's what I'm trying to show my daughter that you can do anything at any age. Um, you just have to be your biggest cheerleader. 
You touched on this earlier um, as you wrapped your book tour uh, in Richmond, Virginia. I believe that's what you said earlier. Um, and there was a young man who was reading. Um, for me, that's a success. My question is, what does literary success look like to you? Ooh. Would you believe I do not have the answer to that? Wow. And the reason why I don't have the answer to that is because everything that's happening is all something that I could not have anticipated. Mm-hmm. I could have never anticipated that I'd be sitting here speaking to you. Um, I could have never anticipated this young man reading my book to me. Um, I could have never anticipating people inviting me to, um, be at the venues and, you know, you know, not just buying one book, but multiple books at a time and trying to put them in libraries and things of that nature. I mean, even as I'm saying it, like there's this feeling in me that's like, my goodness, oh my goodness. Like I didn't anticipate any of it. I told you when this started, it was very simple goal. So I think that, you know, and I'm going to say this and I don't mean to be cliche and I don't mean to, you know, turn people off. Um, but I think that whatever this is going to be, is going to be manifested. You know, I mean, God is controlling this. I'm really not like when I say that I'm really just doing, I mean, to me, like, what does a person do? I, I, I went to a, a, a comp, I went to a conference. I met you. I'm selling books. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, this happens, you know? Um, I don't know what that success looks like. Right. But I know that how others measure it. Yeah. So I will say this, my wife came to me and she was like, you know, do you know that, um, if you sell 500 books in, um, you know, the literary world, they, they consider your book a success. And she said, of that, do you know how many of those are self-published? So we go down this whole thing, right? And I'm thinking she's gassing me up, right? I'm, th- I'm like, oh, she's gassing me up. She she must have thought I had a bad day <laughs> or something, <laughs> you know? Like, she's just going to gas me up. And when she, she, when, she, when she told me these numbers, and then I looked at my inventory and I realized, Oh, I'm halfway there, there or I'm go. over halfway there, and I and and my book is still a baby. And this these numbers that she's talking to me about is like lifetime, like lifetime of books and things of that nature. Or this is the first year, and I realized that I'm meeting or exceeding goals that I didn't even have for myself. That these are metrics that others um, have put out. You know, researchers have put out, and I'm meeting these metrics. And so I have just been overwhelmed with the success of it. Um, you know, so I, I will say I don't have that answer, but honestly, I don't need to have that answer because mm. if I do have that answer, my goal changes. Yep. My goal then changes from getting the books in the hands of the people that needs it to, I have to produce something so great that, you know, I'm a New York times bestseller, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I just, it just, that's not on my rate. I think it's also not on my radar, right? Because I didn't go to school for it. Like, it's not something that I'm seeking out. I'm not seeking out awards or recognitions if they come. Um, that's fantastic, right? Because that just means that not only did I do my job, but somebody wants to recognize me for a job well done. Um, but I think that for me, my goal still needs to remain getting it, the book into the hands of those that need it. Let's get into some Q&A. 
Um, when the team found out that you were going to be on the show and, you know, a couple of them have actually purchased the book. And I was like, wait, you bought this book? Because one of my best friends, she writes books as well and children's books primarily. And it's interesting. They have kids and they, of course, believe in just all black authors for their kids. And did it. And I was like, oh, dope alignment. See, this is what the world is about. Um, Ma, where's mommy? I want to get into some questions. And our first question comes from Tanya, and she is from Miami. Her question is about the book. And she says, what did you edit out of this book? Nothing. Mm. Um, I actually added um, the last page. After the book was um, copywritten, um, I had a focus group. And in the focus group, um, one young lady said, "Um, the only thing that I don't like is that we never see mommy and the child together. And it's really important that we see a depiction of mommy and the child together as a family because it's a family book. And I didn't, that was my aha moment. That was my aha moment because I'm thinking it is a family book, right? But you, she's, but they were absolutely right. You couldn't see the book ended in my, in, in, in the opinions after I looked at it and I really sat, cause I have, I sit with all the comments. I sit with them. I sit with them, not because I stew in them. I sit with them because I'm like, how can I be better? Yeah. So I sat with this, um, for a while and I was like, you know what? That's right. That would be impactful if they saw the family together because they need to see the family together. And so, um, that is how the ending got, we, we, we worked and things of that nature, but I didn't edit a single thing out of the book. Everything that was in the book is everything that I, I put to paper at the beginning stages, um, in the brainstorming phases, everything. But the, the last ending of the book is what is brand new. Meet my friendly. This question comes from Jacob out of Atlanta. How did you select the names of your characters? Spencer, AJ, Grace, Catherine, Elise, and Cleo. All right. So uh, he is actually talking about the new book. That's Ooh. <laughs> At the end um, of this year, it's in its third stage of illustrations. It's called Grace's Playdate. So how did I choose those names? Um, I have a tribe, a tribe that um, is very, very loving and welcoming. And um, my tribe, that's actually my tribe. So it's either a derivative of their names, a derivative of a family name, um, or um, uh, it's their actual name, but it might be a middle name or something like that. And I don't want to get too close to home. Um, but my, my family, my friends who are my family, who literally my daughter is like uncle, this and aunt this, um, they have allowed me to use either, um, you know, have, have, have allowed me to tell our stories. Um, and because of that, um, they are literally, um, character, they are real people, um, or a version of a real person or, you know, a compilation of real persons, uh, in my life. I love it. Last question comes from Lisa, and she's out of Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. We have a huge fan base in Brooklyn. She asks, how do you feel when someone disagrees with something you have written? I will let you know when it happens. Oh! I, I, I will let you know when it happens. I'd like to think that, you know, it's... I like to think that what I have here is water. 
okay? And if you're thirsty, you're going to drink it. But as we all know, there are a lot of brands of water, okay? I'm not going to name them all. I'm not going to list the big brand companies and things of that nature. And so your preference might not be my glass of water. Mm-hmm. It might be a different, you know, glass of water. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. the it, Before I published it, I had two very, very, very gut-wrenching um either reviews one that wasn't solicited um i actually you know asked this person for something else and they just decided to give me their two cents (laughs) and uh, another person who i actually paid and this is why i do not pay for reviews anymore but i paid i was like you know let me get it edited let me get an honest review let me get an honest take and both ripped me a new one uh it gutted me i almost didn't publish this book um it gutted me um people were telling me i wasn't gonna make money you know all these things you know and it literally, like, it was my daughter's birthday. We're at the beach, and I couldn't eat. I was sick. I was, when I tell you I was sick, it was a fun day, but I was sick. And I, I didn't eat anything. I didn't drink anything, and I, I was sick um, for weeks, actually. So, you know, I do, I, and I did apologize to my daughter and make it up to her. But um, it took my wife to bring me out of it and um, to explain to me um, how this process was going to work and that if I was going to really, really commit to doing this, this was going to happen because of Mm -hmm. the content of the book, because I'm talking about two moms um, and things of that nature. And people aren't they're They're not going to get it based off their life, based off their, their, their own worldview. They're just not going to get it. Or, you know, because of who she is, they're just not going to understand that I want to move differently. Um, And so, uh, it, it took me, that was a gut wrench, but from everybody who's bought the book so far, everybody who's read the book, everybody, I mean, even people who don't have children and who's sat by the table and literally flipped through the book, I've had nothing but positive responses. I'm sure negative responses will come as it grows and, and ask me that question again and I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, but, you know, I didn't take the first two well, I will say that. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, I mean, even myself, my team, we looked at a lot of the reviews on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Google Books. I mean, fantastic. Nothing but rave reviews on the book, loving the illustrations. So as we get ready to wrap our show, and I mean, my God, this has been a full show of just beauty from you. I appreciate you for this. We call this last piece of our show, The Therapy Session. And what I love about this is just your quick answer. What do you think about you specifically and it really does make us internalize just our own personal lives as we're navigating through this thing called life because there's so much in the world that's going on right now so the first question is tanita what are you most thankful for my family i never thought i could be married i never thought that i could have a child um when i grew up uh and when i say be married i mean be married to a woman like i always thought it was going to be some type of desperate (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you know um but I never thought that I could have and grow and build something of my own um and and it be what it is so I'm most grateful for the fact that you know I have I'm able to have my family um and trust me it was not gained by easy means um but you know the fact that 
we have survived all of these things and I get to see my daughter smile and she get and I get to, you know, watch all these things that I never even could have fathomed when I was growing up was possible. Um, I, I can't be any more grateful to anything else in my life. What is your biggest fear? Failure. I am a Capricorn. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> failure is... Yeah. <laughs> failure, yes. Just, I mean, failing, yeah. Um, and and all, and all the stretches of the words, you know. I mean, I don't mind misstepping. I don't mind, you know, sometimes you got setbacks. But failure is, is just something that... Um, that, that I just can't deal with. What is one thing you love, many, of course, what is one thing you love about your wife? Huh. I, one thing I love about my wife is how she loves me. I, I mean, there are times where, you know, things in you can get ugly, like, you know, and stuff like that. And she's so patient. Um, so patient and she doesn't like, even when we argue, it's not, it's me arguing and her just really being the, the thing that steadies the boat. <laughs> and it, I mean, because it makes it, it, it also, it's infuriating because it makes it hard to argue with a person. Exactly. Like, no, we are arguing. We are, this is a thing right this now. Is an argument. Yeah. yeah. This is a thing. Like I am, I don't like you. I know you don't. It's okay, baby. I know you don't like <laughs> me right now. And I just really want to go. Are you serious? Like, but honestly, it really does stay the marriage. It really does right the ship. It writes me. Um, it, it, it's just like the centerpiece. Um, and I, she does it effortlessly. I don't know how she does it. Like one, I I know she's faking it. It's like 16, (laughs) 17 years later. It's gotta be fake. It's gotta be fake. It has to be. But she, but she fakes it every day <laughs> and and i value it and i've come to lean on it and i've come it's come to be actually the glue um that that you know it's i was a hothead in my 20s and i've i've i like to call my 30s this this calmness and this peace that i've entered and that's largely a piece of it yeah my last question and i love this question as you go on many more book tours and you continue to write even more and more books and you have these beautiful speaking engagements and your daughter gets older to see all of the beauty that her moms have been able both to just accomplish and see the struggle and to see the passion and to see every single thing that you guys collectively did together, but individually made sure that you set a footprint in her life. After all is done, what do you want your legacy to be? Well, she's my legacy. Um, mm. You know, I, of course, I mean, the, the thing, the reason why I created, you know, these books and the reason why I'm going to create them is because books have no expiration date. Um, and so because of that, they will live on after me. And I'm super grateful for that. I'm super proud of that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, her being able to be her, like, and then, you know, maybe some changes that, you know, her her body is her own and she can make those choices and, you know, her thoughts and her identity and all this other stuff. Like if we can, if I can just create a, a better way for her to be her to where she doesn't have to question 
anything. Like, you know, even if she came to me today and say, I no longer identify as her, I'm they, them, I am he, she, like, it's more about me and how how I'm able to parent, you yeah. know, that. Because, yeah. again, you know, so what I want my legacy to be is her having the freedom to be her. That is what I and, – and, and being able to read about her and understanding her and then, you know, her children and things of that nature. If she chooses to have some, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not one of the – I'm not going to be one of those parents that's like, I need grandkids. Because you know? <laughs> I, I believe I'm Steve Harvey and they're like, those are their kids. That's their kids. That's their kids. That's <laughs> their kids. <laughs> That is they kids. Listen, I really want to thank you. Honestly, we were excited to bring you on the show because when I met you, I could already see an infectious woman who really just has a footprint of creative energy that people need to see. People are already seeing. People are appreciating. I want everybody to make sure they check out Ma, Where's Mommy? And it is available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Google Books. And of course, make sure you support Tanita James on Instagram. That's all together at T-U-N-I-T-A James, J-A-M-E-S, all together. And of course, on her website, y'all, it's so colorful on that whole site. Let me tell you something. You get a whole little little taste of the new book that's coming, what she's got working on, the, the places she's been, just everything. Make sure you support this woman. Any last comments, questions, anything from you? I would just like to say thank you. Um, Again, this has been a great experience Um, to everybody listening and things of that nature. I I am approachable. Um, I'm always looking for illustrators. I'm always looking for ideas. Um, My email address is is on the website. Um, And come and talk to me. I'm very approachable. Come see me. I am cannot do it just yet but i believe that people might be seeing me um in different places in the fall there we go so, uh so you know um just come and see me or come talk to me and um you know let's 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 just spread more love to each other and listen if, if i get that exclusive and when i do i'm gonna make sure we tell you guys where to go and support as we always say everyone <laughs> stay positive but stay creative thank you for listening